Hi, everyone. This is the fourth and more postpartum support group uh, hosted by Preggers Can Be Choosers. Rowan and Blythe are out again this week. They're dealing with uh, personal things. Um, before we get started, I just wanted to read um, our, um, our rules, if you will. Um, this place is for peer-to-peer -peer support and connecti connectivity, creating community on the regular for peeps who uh, may feel isolated or need to share feelings or whatever else that comes with being a mom and or a parent postpartum. Um, we try to be kind. We support um, each other over offering solutions. Um, we try to be succinct. Um, if a moderator interrupts you, don't take it personally. Uh, we try to do one person speaks at a time. Um, and again, this is not paid psychotherapy. Dr. B is um, a licensed uh, psychiatrist or psychologist. Don't know the difference. Um, but she's in, she's not offering paid psychotherapy through this group. Um, She's not here today either. Um, we are not prescribing or diagnosing. And remember, because it's a public forum, be mindful of uh, any cultures, cultural or religious needs. Um, we can see each other. So if you need to make sure that uh, you have a headscarf or anything like that for religious reasons, we can see you right now. But it, will, uh, it won't be the video part is not recorded, only the audio part. Um, we will record this and it will be turned into a podcast later so that people can listen to it in the middle of the night when they need help too. Um, and then our, uh, we'd like to put out the PSI warm line, the postpartum international, uh, postpartum support international. Um, and their warm line is 1-800-944-4773. Again, that's 1-800-944-4773. Uh, this week, our topic was going to be talking about um, how our relationships change once we become a parent um, and how that translates into all aspects of, of life, not just sexually, but like every other aspect, um, sexually too, but uh, because our lives are more than that, we're going to talk about all of it. Um, so I'll introduce myself and then we'll introduce everyone else. Hi, I'm Caitlin. I'm a mom of two boys, uh, aged five and two, or almost two. Um, and I'm just filling in again today. Who wants to go next? I'm Martha. I'm a mother of an 18 month old and uh, I've been on this forum only a few times, but it's been really good and positive, and I'm happy to be here. I'm Tiffany, uh, also a mom of two, two girls, um, five-year-old Lily, just started school last week, so it's a different dynamic for me staying home with three-year-old Willow. Um, she's definitely been loving the exclusive attention. Um, she is sick this week, so lots of TV yesterday and today, which has, you know, I don't mind that at all. <laughs> awesome. Um, and so does anyone want to start with how they feel like their relationship's changing or what they've noticed? 
I'll start. Um, I definitely noticed, um, you know, a lot of people who I thought were friends just completely fell off of the radar once I had my first kid. Um, I really felt alone and people who were so excited to see the baby, meet the baby, babysit, all of that just completely disappeared. Um, I was really heartbroken. I was sad. And, you know, I, I didn't see it coming. And I think that's why I was so, um, you know, emotional uh, and upset about it. Um, and then, you know, within that, I dealt with some postpartum and that definitely changed my relationship with my husband. He really didn't know what to do because I didn't really talk about it. So I didn't really go to him for support. Um, and I think that I really pushed him, pushed him away in the bedroom without it, it was all with body language. Um, nothing was really talked about for a few months. And uh, there was a point after Willa was born where I basically finally had to put it into words because I could tell that he was upset um, that he wasn't getting attention or love from me and basically had to say, look, I don't like myself right now. And I'm having a hard time with my body, with, you know, who I think I am. It's a lot bigger picture than me just, you know, not giving you sex. So that was, I think that was the real, um, kicker for him where he really finally started to understand what was, what it was like and what was going on inside my head. Um, and now that we're moved away from Texas, where both of the girls were born and back to the Northeast, we live in Maryland now, um, a lot closer to our family and other friends from before we had kids. Uh, we are reaching out to old friends who now have children and reaching out just to other family members, just to rekindle those relationships, um, which seemingly all of those people are excited. So it's kind of done like a 180 and um, it's definitely like a slow process because, you know, we're settling in, getting into our routines and also trying to just build our life here while at the same time, you know, putting out those feelers um, to rebuild that, uh, support network. So it's been uh, quite the journey for <laughs> the ups and downs of relationships. Um, for me, uh, my relationship changed with my husband again because I didn't like the way my body is. I'm still feeling that way. Um, and it's not just sex. It's like I'm so exhausted from giving my kids everything that I like I have nothing left to give by the end of the day and then by the time we get in bed I'm just shot like and then we're on different sleep schedules too because he has to wake up so early to be able to drive downtown every morning 
um, that he goes to bed at like 8 39 o'clock and I'm just like finishing putting the kids to bed cleaning the kitchen doing you know the last minute chores before I get to sit down and at nine o'clock I'm like okay so now I can like maybe sit and do like an hour of adult something um but then he's already in bed so we're just you know we're kind of missing each other in that respect too because our schedules are are off because it's not just um it's not just him and I you know and um I guess the other thing that things changed with my husband because what I used to find really sexy about him is not necessarily what I find sexy about him now. Like if he does the dishes and takes care of the kids, oh my God, if he changes the laundry, dude, I'm on it, right? Like on that all day long, if we cannot be with the kids, right? But like him doing like romantic things or something, those are really rare and, you know, again, because we have kids. So you can't just like, you can't just come home with like, a bottle of wine and like do something you know fancy like that and be like hey let's do a date night in you know like we can't do that now so I guess that's the other thing that's changing is that we're having to re-navigate keeping our relationship going while it's evolving and trying to find the time to make that happen because it's it's not it's like our interests are changing and we have to make time for our relationship on top of all of the other things that used to come more easily now it's you know like i understand when people schedule sex i understand when people do those things because it's like if you don't put it in the schedule how's it gonna show up like it's just not as spontaneous as it used to be so that's kind of how it's starting to evolve with my husband it's and it's not even that it's less sex because we want less sex it's less sex because there's just less time for it you know like less private time um with each other because the kids take up most of it and then if they're not in the bed well then 30 minutes later someone's knocking on the door and like there have been times where my son like comes and we've locked the door and he runs up to auntie's room and is like mom and dad's door is locked and then she tells us later and we're like oh great so like everyone in the house knows our business that's excellent um you know it's just it's it's part of it right anyway that's kind of where we're i'm starting with um for me i can definitely say that i can relate to both of you and uh and say that i've experienced similar to both stories um I had started suffering from post-adoption depression almost immediately after uh, we received our child and um, he was placed with us within 48 hours of being born. Um, and I think I said it on a different show. Uh, it was kind of a, a quick, quick thing that happened. It took us both by like just, it was going from zero to 120 million. Um, two weeks notice between being matched with a mom and <laughs> receiving our beautiful boy. And so um, that in combination with the fact that I'd already been having like some depression issues and such. And so um, one of the things about post-adoption depression is if you have existing um, depression, anxiety, things like that, that I had, you're going to have a harder time. Um, you're probably going to have post-adoption depression. It's going to be hard as fuck. And so it's like, I read up on all this stuff as I was <clears throat> reeling around going, Oh my God, I wish I would have known about this, but I've been more 
equipped, um, would I've had a better support network laid out, which I, you know, none of this was happening. <clears throat> and, um, and so, um, my self-esteem was at an all-time low. I'm still working on it. Um, that I think men don't understand when you say that, you know, I need to love myself, <laughs> you know, in order to be intimate with you. And it's just like, I don't know, at least in the conversations with my husband, he's so linear. And as far as like, as far as he's concerned, it's the ultimate for him in, um, connection and, um, uh, just, feeling like the best feeling in the world and you know why can't I get into that headspace and it's like explaining over and over again how many times can you tell uh, you know someone and they're not understanding it that you know I'm having a hard time I have been um, taking care of the baby all day or you know I just yeah <laughs> I can't it's just not happening do you want me to just lay there <laughs> you know and of course the answer from him is no, you know, thank God I've got a good guy. that's like, no, you know, I don't want it to happen like that. Absolutely not. So, um, yeah, it's been forever changed. Um, I do think also that, um, our adventures through IVF, um, and working to become pregnant with sex, becoming a job that that changed things. I think, I don't want to say permanently, but I'm still working through those things because you you never, well, you, you, you have to kind of consider, you know, how deep that stuff goes into your soul. And it's just, it's, it's kind of hard to come back from, especially if you had a bad experience. So anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> it's a challenge you know, my, my best, uh, I don't know, thing to share the positive out of all of this for me is that you can show, you know, romantic love and affection in a variety of ways. And sometimes a back rub or, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, just laying on the couch and just, you know, holding hands, sometimes that can be enough for both of you. But I wish it was like that more often. <laughs> So that's all. <laughs> yeah, when I was trying to go into labor with my first, my husband, I was like totally not into it, right? And it was like a business transaction. And when sex is just a business transaction, you're like, well, this is just fucking miserable. Yeah. You know? I'm like, I want this baby out, so I'm going to do anything that, you know, it takes. And it's still just like, I still remember those those times where I'm like, it's, it was a business transaction. Like there was nothing sexy about it. There was, I didn't feel good about myself. You know, like it was just, it was awkward and weird and in you know, all of it. So, um, I don't know how that would might uh, maybe relate to IVF where it just feels more business-like and less. Oh yeah. Um, hey y'all, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right back to it. Getting back to our real talk after birth style. And like yeah. seven years of trying to get pregnant and it's, it's, yeah. it's job. It's, it's like checking your cycle and da, 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 da. It's like, oh. Yeah. It's yeah. So crazy. And there's so. just way too many things to pay attention to. Yeah. And the, and the partner is usually, you know, <laughs> right. I don't think as affected the way 
we are. So right. So um, for me, I had um, one. She she is a doula here in Houston. Um, she was not my doula. Someone, we, I was just like a, a thing with her, and she goes, "Yeah." At one point, I was like so deep in my postpartum stuff that. Like, I ended up needing to schedule with my husband, like, our intimate time so that I could all day, like, build up to it so that I could kind of get excited about it so that I could shave my legs if I had five minutes or I could, like, you know, do something that would, like, put on frilly underwear or something really quick knowing that it's coming so that, like, if she's in the bathroom, she changes her underwear so that it's just at least on for when it comes so that she's not like, okay, now this is done. Now I have to do this part. Um, that that was and I actually found that helpful um at certain points too because I'm like okay this is happening we're gonna make this happen one way or another let me like prepare myself right like let me find ways that I know make me feel good about myself you know um because sometimes when it's spontaneous I'm like I haven't shaved my legs in five days and I just feel really gross and like you feel self-conscious and so like it's you know one of those things anyway so that helped me was um knowing that it was going to happen that night so that I could just kind of anticipate it and do things that would make me feel good about myself that I would be excited to like just have done for my husband too. Um, and then um, I know we've talked about the book before, uh, the five love languages. Oh my God, my child's going to run outside because my dog's opened the door. Uh, <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> Martha, have you read, um, have you read that book? The five? No, Love? I haven't. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, it was interesting to like read the details about each one and then take the test because the test is in the book and really you could just take the test. Um, what is the book called again? The five love languages. Ah. I think of the author right now. Um, but I, I did read it and then I took the test and I came out there. You're supposed to like have one primary, but when I took the quiz, I got three, all the same score. So it was a, a little confusing for me. Um, and I had my husband take it without reading the book. And he, I think that helped him to understand how to communicate with me in that way and what was I thought conveying what he liked or wanted where in fact like it was something else that was more meaningful to him mm -hmm. um, I started reading the one for children and it's basically the same it's just trying to pay attention to what their language love language is because they can't really tell us that. It sounds like a great book. I'm totally going to write that down. <laughs> yeah, it's Thank really you. short, too. It's really short. But yeah, like so, that. Um, I was telling my, or when I had read it, I like figured out what my husband's two main ones are because his were physical touch. And then his other is um, acts of service. And mm. so I know that when he comes home, if I can have most of the house picked up, he can relax and then he feels like he's loved. And I have told him like my, you know, mine are like words of affirmation. I need to be told I'm doing a good job. I need to hear that I'm a good mom, you know, because 
Those yeah. are the things. It just makes me feel loved because it makes me feel like he noticed something. So anyway, the five love languages, I can grab it off my shelf and tell you who it's by here in just a second also. Um, yeah, that one, that's, that was a really helpful read. It's by um, Gary Chapman. Okay, cool. I just looked it up. And it's super short. I mean, it, I could, I read it like in two hours. It's that short, but it's, yeah, because you can devour it. Um, yeah, so I, it's, I think this part is just the hardest time to like, figure out because it's like we have to redate you know to figure out what's going on how we feel because then all of our days seem to get pretty monotonous where I'm like the boys are acting crazy and this is that and everything seems pretty the same um, and monotonous every day lately and it's the same for him because he doesn't like talk to me about his job or his work or anything um in a way that because now he's like into stuff that I'd never did or understood so it's complicated so I feel like we have less things to talk about so we're like kind of having to force that issue too which is an intimacy thing you know like you want to be able to talk to your partner about everything and lately I've even been feeling like unsure of talking to him about anything you know like just because I'm I'm worried about bothering him with my stuff you know and it sucks to feel that way but it's just it's also the season we're in because you know, yeah, it just is. I know it's not going to be forever, but it still sucks right now. Um, not only that, but like talking about all relationships, it's almost like I felt like I had to go and like date to find new friends. And, you know, sometimes it's very awkward when you're first meeting somebody who has a kid and the kids get along and then it's like, oh hey like do you want to like exchange numbers like do you want to go out to coffee like how do you you know it's it's very hard to kind of like navigate that because you're basically looking for new friends who you want to have meaningful friendships with and you don't know how to do that as an adult with kids because that that's also important that your kids get along um so especially with Lily, because I was by myself in Texas. I didn't have my core family and friends near me. So I kind of just started going to a couple of mom groups. And if it didn't really feel right, then I would stop going. Um, I was constantly asking other people like, hey, if you know anybody who's a mom and has kids, da, 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 da. And you know, that didn't always work out either. So I really had like maybe one or two like core people that I felt like I could trust and would actually come to my house or show up or babysit for me. Um, there was an instance with um, a roommate of ours and she was a friend and then became a roommate and then became auntie to my kids. And then once she moved out, she just stopped calling, totally like ghosted me and my kids. And then they were like, well, where's auntie so-and-so? Where's auntie so-and-so? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I can't force her to be 
to care about my kids. So it felt like I really put myself out there. And then um, even with my, I, I was more heartbroken for my kids, losing an aunt, someone who, who encouraged them to call her aunt. And then she just stopped showing up, stopped caring, didn't call, didn't text, message, anything. So it's like, why would I reach out to you so that you can hurt my kids again? No, thanks. So yeah, finding friends, like mom friends, was like a whole nother thing to navigate. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I still have, so I was the first of my like high school friends to really have kids. So none of them really understood. And then um, my best friend still doesn't have kids. And when she came to visit, she was like, at one point we were sitting at the dinner table and, you know, kids are just crazy at the table sometimes. And so they were like standing and then of course one was feeding off of the other and it got chaotic. And she's like, are you going to like control them? And I'm like, I almost lost it. Cause I'm like, yeah, cause I could totally control these tiny munchkins who are like, jumping up and down and you know what there are way worse things that they could be doing than just like standing on their bench at dinner time you know like it's just i don't know it's hard to find the community that you want because also in houston like everyone's so flipping far away um like everything's like it takes two hours to drive from one end of town to the other so it's not like you can just, you know, make friends every, in every corner even. It's, it's so hard to do that too. Yeah. And then like you approach moms um, and then you find out that they're not the mom or that they're auntie or that they're somebody else that actually just happened to my sister-in-law's. Like she was at a soccer game with my boys because, and she gave my husband and I some um, a date time. And she got mistook for their mom. And that, like, I was like, I hope you know you just crushed that mom's dreams because she thought she had just made a cool new mom friend. So, yeah. It's rough. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like I'm still waiting for my tribe to appear, you know, so to speak. Just because um, I am an older mom. And so... Uh, most of my friends, which are few, uh, because I moved. And so I, I, you know, 11 years here in Houston, I have made one probably like solid friends outlasted. Um, and I don't even get to see her very much, but in her included, I have children either in high school or in college, um, including my only sibling, my sister who has two kids in high school. Um, so there's a lot of you know, oh, the kids are grown and can't relate or, you know, like, oh, it seems like forever ago, I can't remember. I'm, you know, not going to be very helpful giving you advice or just being able to relate. And also, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's hard because I haven't even found really a, a like a group, let's say, of, of support. Um, and that's something that I'm working on. It feels like so hard and not really having a whole lot of uh, positive results, but just trying to 
stay positive about it. And because uh, I imagine like once my kid, I was going to school, I'll be more exposed to more parents and that kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's hard because it feels um, very lonely. The job of mothering is, or parenting um, for the, the single parent, not the single parent, but the parent that stays home primarily. It's lonely. And if you don't have extended family, you don't have support of a lot of other moms or, you know, a core group or whatever. It's just, it can be devastating. It can be daunting. It's just ugh, not a good place to be. It doesn't feel cool. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, just continue to try to reach out to uh to like-minded people is uh i guess the best thing but that's that's hard to do too oh yeah especially when you're always told of stranger danger and like all these other weird things that keep happening and all those things that just like keep piling on you know you're like okay so how do you make friends again <laughs> like um i just started our, like our son just started school and he just had his uh, birthday party and that was actually really helpful to get to know some parents because we had them out for our, like the birthday party and I mean they're all like four five six um and like they went crazy on our property because I mean we have a huge property and we rented like a bouncy house slip and slide water slide thing and I actually got to know some of the parents which was really helpful um and like exchange some of some phone numbers and things but again they all live you know 30 45 minutes from me anyway um but it's it is starting to be helpful to have our kid well, one kid in school because then he does make certain friends and he wants to hang out with them and then like my pool is as big as the class because he'll play with anyone but then he has a select few friends that hopefully i can get to know some of the parents you know and that's it is helping, but it's just like that's it's taken five years. Like that's a long fucking time. <laughs> it, it's a long fucking time. Um but it's it's helping. It is helping. That's a positive thing to say. I mean, I think it that gives people like me hope to hear that it does eventually happen that when they do go to school and they're they're of a certain age that it is possible that this is all gonna work out yeah i mean because my son's like can we have these people over can we invite this friend over can i go to their house mommy do you have their phone number like he's asking me which then is like my cue to go oh i should probably do that you know which it is helpful like they have a, a school directory and stuff but not everyone's listed so you know then I have to figure out if I need to do extra something or other you know and it's still stressful because it's new but I feel like it's it's starting it's starting but it's still just hard because then we also have to find people who are willing and gonna allow me to bring my two-year-old or have you know, a sibling that's about that age too, just because it's, it's hard to go for one and not the other. Um, so that's, that's the next challenge is finding people who will allow us to bring also the two-year-old, you know. 
Um, one thing we haven't really talked about yet is um, the change in relationship with yourself. And I really experienced that, especially, I mean, it was like pregnant with first kid. And then there's all this like questioning, questioning yourself. Am I going to be able to do this? That Am I going to be able to be a mom? Am I going to be able to even get through labor? Like, what's that going to be like? Um, and then for me, having the baby um, and uh, trying to basically like rebuild that self-esteem because I had issues with breastfeeding and she was a low percentile on growth charts and dealing with mom guilt. So I really had to build myself back up to pre-pregnancy self-esteem. And then, you know, finding out that we were pregnant before the little one even turned two. Um, Willow was born, they're 20 months apart. So not even two years. And then it was like my self-esteem crashed and went even lower. Didn't know it could go that low. <laughs> and really pulling myself into a cocoon, felt feeling completely isolated and alone and having to build back my self-esteem again and be okay with who I was or where I was in my life or you know, being okay to ask for help, all those things, um, was probably the hardest, uh, relationship building that I've ever had to do. And people don't really talk about that. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I feel like I also just didn't know who I was anymore at the... I thought I was like, this is all I wanted was to have kids and to have this house and to like have all the things that I currently have without. Yes, go see the doggy. Um, that like, why am I not happy with everything? Cause I wanted everything. And now I had to like, it was a lot of self-reflection to figure out why like what I'm missing now because it feels like I'm incomplete and it's um it's starting to look more and more like I need to go back to work which is um so that I feel like I'm doing something more productive with my time and especially because now the people that I like grew up with that don't have kids one one of them just got cast as um got put on the cast for SNL like he's He's like oh. in the cast for SNL for next season, and he's like the first Asian one to do that. Um, and I have another friend that, or a person that I went to college with, and she's doing the DU Prison Arts Initiative, and she just took a um, theater or a show on tour to three different prisons in D in Colorado State, which is like the first time that's ever happened in the country. And like they're doing these amazing things, and I'm going oh, like, I've raised my kids for five years, you know, and I'm feeling less than, but I also know that what I'm doing with my kids is of value, that it's, so that, you know, it's like me having to compare myself to others and find a way to say that I'm 
um, I'm just as valuable as what they're doing, everything else. So I'm having to do a lot of um, work on that right now, of feeling enough. Or to let something go, or like, I don't know. I don't know what it is yet, but it's, it's, some, it's something to do with myself and the relationship I have with myself and my past, right? I can relate uh, so very, very much. I, I feel like uh, things changed in my brain chemistry, like, you know, right after becoming a mom and then the feelings of like, okay, I got all that I wanted. Why do I feel like shit and what's wrong with my brain? And I should be, you know, um, so grateful for um just the small things and the the little things and the <sighs> in combination with you know the fact that you have this beautiful life and um this is what you've always wanted and then the guilt that comes it's just it's such a horrible horrible feeling it's such an unproductive feeling it doesn't help anyone it doesn't get you anywhere um it's like almost like toxic to your insides and to everyone around you, the negativity. Um, and so that's so hard to navigate and try to pull yourself out of that kind of muck. Um, I, I definitely, um, it's not as bad um, as I get more comfortable with my role as a mom, but it's still a struggle. Um, yeah, yeah, your identity changes. And it's, it's like being hit by a truck, it feels like, for a lot of women. You know, I don't feel alone, and it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty intense, yeah. And maybe I'm alone in this, but sometimes I want to blame my husband because he can do all of it, right? Like, he can have that dad label and still have all of his work labels and he gets to keep all of it. Like he can add it all together and it's not a big deal for him. But I feel like I had to drop one, right? And maybe that's a societal thing or, um, and the feminist in me like wants to scream like, yes, you can, you can have it all. And I'm like, I'm going, well, it's not like the practical solution, right? Like that's just not, that's not the way it's going to be, at least not for me, you know, like, it's just not the way it worked. And so that's, um, yeah, having it all is exhausting. Um, like I couldn't imagine having to do more and yet here I am looking at doing a job and then still doing everything I already do, you know? Um, but yeah, sometimes I guess I resent my husband in that way because I feel like he does get to have it all and that, I, I don't, sometimes I don't think he had to give anything up. I know he probably, I know he does because he's not staying at home and watching our kids every day, you know, and that, and then he's late, so he misses certain things. So I know he's giving up some things with our kids, but I still feel like he gets all of it. Yeah, I've, I've had that conversation 
with my husband a lot. Um, and so on his end, he definitely, you know, expresses that he's having to give up seeing, you know, the, the changes that happen with our son. Cause he's at that age where like every day there's something new that's happening with him. It's like, Oh my God. Um, and he's going to be walking soon. Um, so he, he gives up being a part of that. And that's, that's deep. That's got to be rough. But yet, yeah, he had, he didn't have to lose a part of who he was to become dad. He just had to add a label that was already waiting there for him that he was ready to step into. And yeah, I just, I don't think it's possible for them to understand. I, I'm convinced <laughs> that I've tried so many times and, you know, considering, you know, I hear from others the same. It's just, they don't get it <laughs> and they won't ever. <laughs> I've had to explain, like, I've had to literally explain why I need alone time to my husband because. He was like, well, I don't need alone time. And I'm like, your alone time is whenever you're not with us. <laughs> your alone time is in the car, your 45 minute ride to and from work. Like that's an hour and a half a day. I would love that. Send me on an hour and a half errand where I go pick something up and I come home. I can, you know, scream and sing in the car, whatever. Um, so it was almost like he uh, was offended that I needed alone time because he wanted me to spend it with him, which I get, like, but, but then it turns into date night. And yeah, I love date night, but I also need time to, like, take a bath and light some candles and not have to talk to anyone. <laughs> um, so it took a little while for him to understand, like, what that looked like for me. Um, and now he, I, I, I've told him before, like, if you need alone time, if you need time to go and do things that you used to do that you haven't done in a long time, that's fine with me. Just, you know, let's schedule it. And that's part of the thing with me is remembering that I have to schedule that for myself. Because if I don't do it, nobody else will. Same. And if I say the words, I'm touched out, my husband knows, like, that it applies to him, too. Like, I'm all done. I'm done being climbed on. I'm done being a jungle gym for the day. I'm done being snuggled with. Like, just there's until, like, I can take a shower or a bath or something to feel like I can wash some of that touch off, right? Um, but yeah, I'm all done for the day. So it's taken multiple conversations and multiple ways of saying it and all the things um, for them to finally, for my husband to understand like what that really means and what it looks like and what needs to happen to change it or to fix it or um to give me that, that break to like come back to patience. Yeah. I think it was uh, uh, Mama D 
that I heard say touched out on an episode and I about fell over. I thought it was the best, <laughs> most descriptive and short and sweet way of being like, I've had it, you know? And so that is something that has resonated so much within me since I heard it on the show. And so I hear it in my mind a lot at night, like you're getting touched out. <laughs> so that's, oh gosh, it's so appropriate. I felt the same way. Like when I heard the phrase, I was like, oh, it's a real thing. Like I, this is why my skin is crawling right now. Because I'm not, it's just the feeling of not being your own person. That's what it was like for me. Like I constantly felt like I was like silly putty being stretched over here and over here. Somebody is always wanting to touch or snuggle or just, you know, I really felt it um, more so with Lily when she was breastfeeding because she had a tongue tie that went undiagnosed. So I was feeding her for like 45 minutes at a time. And it was getting to be too much. And I didn't even know that it was a thing. And then when I heard the phrase touched out, I was like, I felt completely validated. I felt like I'm not crazy. That is a real thing. <laughs> and um, like Caitlin said, like, it wasn't just with the babies. It was also like the husband. Like, nobody touched me. All right, so we are just about at time. So do we have a topic that we, any other hot button issues or um, topics we might like to cover next in two weeks? Maybe I'll have. What you got, Tiff? Uh, I was going to say we might have to refer to Rowan's list. To the list. Yeah, because I don't have anything off the top of my head. Okay. But I'm glad that I got to just talk with some moms because I haven't been in group consistently over the summer. So it was nice to be today. I'm glad you came back. <laughs> Again, the PSI warm line, should you need it, is 1-800-944-4773. Um, we will meet again in two weeks. And if you want to join us, um, we are on every other Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Um, and we are on the Zoom platform. If you join the Preggers Can Be Choosers group, you'll find the uh, info and link on Zoom. You can join us. Um, and we'll say bye and love each other. And we'll see you guys in two weeks. <laughs> love you. Have a great love day. Love you. Bye. 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 All righty, my loves, that's a wrap. We'll see you in two weeks. Don't forget to grab those headphones. If you need a text reminder, you can go to preggers.rocks, www.preggers.rocks, or preggerscanbechoosers.com. And there's a text reminder that you can sign up for. We're also on Facebook at Preggers Can Be Choosers. There's an event um, invitation that you can sign up for there. And we also have a group dedicated on Facebook dedicated to our podcast listeners. That's the podcast afterbirth group. So we'll 
hope to connect with you soon. And don't forget, we're launching our prenatal education podcast pretty soon. So we want you to jump in on that as well. Thank you so much and hope you have a great two weeks.